You're listening to the Asotukan Sessions by Effective, recorded live in Philly. All right, welcome to the Asotukan Sessions. Uh, this is Kyle Mounts here, and I'm sitting with Ryan Ostin of Gooba Goo. Uh, man, thanks for joining us here. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. It's great to be here, and I love the energy of the show. Everything's been great, good conversations, and good friends. So, yeah, yeah, first, I want to thank you for uh, helping us put on the show last night. So this is Tuesday of Asotukan. Monday night, we had 12 South Band rocking in this place and Gooba Goo, Naked Lime, that whole crew just allowed us to be able to put that on and serve the people that were here. So that's a, that's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, it was super fun. And Backstreet Boys, who doesn't want to jam out to Backstreet Boys? We literally Boys, had know? everything It was playing. awesome. It yeah, was cool. It was so cool. Yeah, it was so, awesome. Man. You know, I think, uh, well, we talk a lot about kind of the energy around Gooba Goo. We had a uh, conversation with you. Um, but I I think what, what we're finding is that the 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 concert vibe that kind of like energy around everyone dancing and, and that kind of vibe that when that when companies and industries bring that to what they're doing there's there's a different thing that they can do on the other side like when that's the vibe internally the way that they can present their product their team their business their service um it goes further I know that you've done a lot of that within Gooba Goo, the way that you organize that culture inside and then it allows the product to go further. Can you talk through like how you've seen a culture build bring value to how you deliver a product and a service? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think culture is probably the number one thing that will influence the success of a company um, because it's all about the people, right? The people are the ones who take care of the customers. The people are the one who build the product. And culture is really how you behave and the things that you value within the company. And so if you want to attract really great people who have great values and do awesome work and are passionate about it, you need to have that culture. And the culture comes from the people. You can't write down culture. You can try and write it down and say, this is what I want the culture to be, but ultimately it's going to be the behaviors of the people that you hire, especially as you grow, right? Yeah. And it gets wild. It gets out of, you know, so. You know, I, I used to ask this question in, in interviews and I want to get your thought on it, but mm -hmm. I had this question that was like, hey, we've got a really cool culture right now. I've got five, seven, 10 people on the team, whatever team I was managing at that point. Mm -hmm. And I would always ask this question, like, what do you bring that's additive to that culture. Not like I think a lot of people ask because because they perceive culture as something that they've crafted and not what's been created by their people. Mm -hmm. But and they ask the question the other way. They go, "Do you feel like you can fit into a culture like that? Do you mm -hmm. do you feel you can conform to our narrative mm -hmm. kind of thing?" Yeah, right? yeah. And what you're saying is, no, you actually bring a unique skill set to the narrative. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I think that the one thing that the question there presupposes of how do you fit in is that culture is static, and it's not. Right, oh, man. the culture is always evolving. That's literally what culturing is. Like it's like growing something in like a petri dish, right? Or right? so it is. Yeah, culture is always growing, and it's what are you? Yeah, what do you bring to the culture? What are you going to uh, contribute to the culture? Um, anyone who thinks that I, you can just write down culture and then everyone's going to like follow that thing, but I mean that doesn't mean that y you don't need to. Uh, observe and keep a watchful eye that it's a I healthy think, culture, think, right? Yeah, I think 
culture within guardrails yeah, is, yeah. Is, is an option. You yeah. know, that, that there's there's an ebb and flow within some guardrails of best practices, of yeah. the way that you manage people, of the way that you encourage people, those things that leadership can do yeah. to drive culture. Yeah. But within those guardrails, it's the, you're not sitting on the rails, you're you're within guardrails. Yeah, think, and, you know? and, and there's another a point of like culture being what you tolerate also, right? What mm. you reward, right? What you reward and what you tolerate. So if you tolerate, um, you know, someone who is not bringing a positive energy, let's say, or they're, they're a com- defensive instead of a learning mindset, let's say, right? Yeah. When they get feedback, right? And, or you see them behaving badly in a meeting, you don't say something to them, right? That's tolerating that. Everyone sees that. Someone gets promoted who is a questionable you know, questionable promotion, questionable decision. People see that and they see what gets rewarded in the company too. So, so there are things that you can do, behaviors that you can exhibit that will, you know, promote the healthy growth of the culture. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I think any good, like if uh, you're a parent, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any good parent knows that like, Yes, you're you're especially with three, right? I have three now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. The thirds, the personality is still trying to start. You know, yeah, she was six was, months yesterday, right? Yeah. But like, as a kid grows up, they each have their own kind of personality and and the way that they see and perceive and approach the world. But as a parent, it is our it is our job to grow them up into something. And there's so there's a trajectory there, and I appreciate that you kind of approach the culture that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Have you, I'd like to hear this because, you know, a lot of times what I see is that you do, um, you've got kind of culture over here and product over here and you've got a product and development timeline and the culture runs a, a parallel to it mm. and and they never like come together mm. where <clears throat> because of that kind of the, the product starts to just kind of, it's, it's all dedicated to the sales engine because it becomes transactional and not ingrained in the way that the, like the product is not born of culture, right. that the culture just has to serve the product, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I, have you seen instances or, or built in or built in an ecosystem where the product and the culture actually are, are synchronous instead of feeling like, oh, product's over there, we just have right. to sell it. Great thing we have a culture, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think I think that the the attributes of the culture and what those attributes are and really what you what you are bringing what you are communicating to your team every day. So, for example, something that would affect product is a customer centricity, like principle or value, right? That you bring to your team, right? And saying we need to be talking to our customers, we need to be solving problems for our customers, we need to be having. X amount of conversations with customers per month. Maybe you're building that into your quarterly goals, right? That we're going to do X visits. And actually at our company, we have um, a certain number of visits that we do to dealerships each month. And that's expected because that comes through in the product also. Now, ah. yeah, right? So well, Because if you do visits, then you get feedback. And yeah, feedback goes exactly. from accounts to product. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you can build that into your culture. Um, you can uh, bring that customer centricity to the forefront if you're always talking about it, right? What are our customers saying? What are you hearing from our customers? If you have values that you lay out, make sure one of them is around customer centricity, right? Um, and uh, yeah, so the, the other thing that 
you have to be aware of in, in a software company and, 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 and many companies with a sales organization is that there are certain things that have perceived value, right? This mm-hmm. difference between actual value and perceived value. Right. Perceived value is something I would say that the sales team can sell. It looks sexy on a demo, but in my heart of hearts, I know <laughs> that it's probably not going to bring actual value to the user. Interesting. And sometimes you do need to do those things, but you should have an awareness of, am I trying to drive perceived value with this feature or do we believe this is actually solving a problem? It's going to have a big impact. Mm. And so having the awareness of it, I think is really important because you, you're going to have to do both. So as you approach, especially right now and in a key pivotal time, we've kind of, uh, you know, I think people are starting to use the post pandemic language and, and, Mm. but we're still in a very, you know, industry endemic issue or mm-hmm. where where we've got chip shortages and inventory shortages and and as a, as a software company that lives in the digital retailing showroom retailing chat space uh, i'm sure you hear particular problems that that people are asking you to solve what are those problems that you see that are, that you're approaching right now that you believe can provide massive value to our industry yeah so i really think if i think about phases of messaging and digital retailing e-commerce um or just commerce because it's in store it's online right. now today it's just commerce right uh, that's how we work in the automotive industry. We're like using terms from you <laughs> eight, know, years, eight ago. years ago. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, I think the next evolution of that is for digital retailing to become fully transactional um, and bringing that experience that, you know, dealers are trying to offer online, bringing that into the store and having one tool and one experience for the guest, whether they're online or in store. And is that means... It, are, are there, is there any barrier other than time to that right now? Um, you, can be, you can speak honestly and candidly. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always barriers. I think time is probably, is probably the primary one, is that things just take time, especially when you have to engage with and work with many third parties in order to get things done. Yep. Um, I think another barrier to that frankly, is uh, the stack that you have within your company. So with Goobagoo now uh, being part of Reynolds and having the products across the entire stack, like mm-hmm. DMS, CRM, digital retailing, messaging, it, it makes it a lot more feasible yeah. to accomplish these things. And frankly, I'm not sure if you can do it effectively and, 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 and with that level of guest experience that you need to if you don't actually own those pieces. And Interesting. so, yeah, because it's, it's, really, it's really tough. I mean, because up until a year ago, that was your probably yeah. your constant struggle. It's like, we're just running into yeah. tech stack issues yeah. because we're one piece of a giant puzzle. And, and, and especially... At this dealership, we're a part of this giant puzzle, then this giant puzzle, then this giant puzzle, yeah. and this, and it's, and for, so for a tech partner like you, it's like, I, I'm dealing with 38 variations, that's probably a very light number, but 38 variations of tech stack dynamics, of which we have to provide for the dealers that want to use us as a single part of a dynamic tech stack. And so your, your question is, is can you is it possible to have multiple different tech stacks within an industry that can align the same thing? Or do we need to have single level tech stacks that it's like, Hey, this is a plug and play. This is a plug and play. These are, this is a plug and play. And these are the ones that just like, 
we have to get more streamlined with that to be able to even accomplish this. Thing. Yeah, I mean, to to own to solve really tough problems, you often need to own the whole vertical experience, yeah. right? The whole stack um, <clears throat> as much as you can. Frankly, I don't think we would have got there wow. uh, without without the Reynolds uh, um, combination. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so that was, and that was a big vision for, for Reynolds and for us as to awesome. why, why it all made so much sense. But it just, it's just not feasible with, uh, you know, when you're only one piece of the puzzle. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that where we started was this kind of culture and people conversation and tying that into the way that you're looking to serve the industry with the problems that you've been presented by the culture and the people that you're talking with every single day. I, I think it's a value add for our industry and I'm excited to see where you guys are headed. But Ryan, thank you so much for hanging out with us here on Asotacon Sessions by Effective. Uh, always a great combo. Awesome. Thanks, Kyle, so much. And again, uh, thanks for putting this on. I think it's, it's great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Asotukan session by Effective. If you want more content like this, you can check out our other podcasts. We have a daily show called The Automotive Troublemaker Monday through Friday here on podcasts, also live streamed on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook. We also have a long form podcast called Auto Collabs, Auto Collabs. And if you just want to go a little deeper into this community, you should sign up for our regular email. We put our heart and soul into it. You can get it for free by going to asotu.com. We'll see you next time.